fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try Hey everybody and welcome to episode number 58 of the third season of the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Road Street Journal. We're paving your way. We are your lead blocker on your road to fantasy glory, fantasy excellence, and the first round of the playoffs pretty much in the book. If you are in the semis, which I am in the Road Street Journal League, uh, that's going to start tomorrow with the Thursday night game. We are near the promised land, people. We are close do not stop running just when you get to the finish line. We are going to help you there. We will drag you along uh, as if you're in a marathon and you have leg cramps and we're dragging you along to make sure you finish. I'm your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself, who has stacked up in the opposite semifinal to myself in the Roto Street Journal Expert League. How you doing, Wolf? I'm doing fantastic. Got three semis out of four, so a solid year. Of course, again, you miss your biggest league. It kind of yeah. taints those those three out of four. But even still, blessed to be in three uh, three of them. I, I'm just so fucking pumped. It's football. We got a huge game tomorrow with the Chiefs and the Thursday night in Chargers. They brought what a Thursday it on Thursday night. Yeah, it's been a really good year for Thursday night football. Uh, and obviously, I mean, already just tons of news, even breaking today in terms of Spencer Ware and the Chargers running backs and James. Connor new notes. We got tons to cover. Uh, it's absolutely crucial. Of course, we got your higher, lower Hail Marys coming up. I think we're going to cut up a bunch of videos from this two Taylors back home. So we're going nice. to be able to get that. And then the uh, an unbelievable mailbag, including a fantastic story of a Roto Street Journal employee himself getting cuckolded fresh uh. off the podcast. Somebody using our podcast against a Roto Street member. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. So and it's a, a faithful listener. So you you got that to look forward All to. All right, I can't Pretty wait. Stoked to reveal that one. But yeah, we got we got a great slate, and it's just that time of the year. Christmas is getting closer, which just means fantasy playoffs are dwindling down, and the, the stakes couldn't be higher. I love it, Nat. I know. I'm excited for it, too. Even out of every league except the RSJ League, I'm still pumped. And I'm enjoying the regular football slate as well as the fantasy. So I'm also really excited, just like you are. We're going to get right into the stock watch, trainer's room. We're going to talk Spencer Ware, Tyreek Hill, the Chargers running backs, James James Conner, Ravens quarterbacks, Carson Wentz, and then we got a loaded, loaded rapid-fire section coming. So we're going to get right into it. Spencer Ware, uh, replacement, of course, for Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know, assumed to be the bell cow back in Kansas City due to a shoulder hamstring issue. He is doubtful for week 15 against the Chargers. That's pretty big news, huh? It's huge news. I mean, you've gone from having Kareem Hunt, your locked-in top three running back, to then ideally owning Spencer Ware, who's a nice top 15 play, to now the third string. And guess what? It doesn't even matter because this offense is so explosive. It's got so much firepower. They live in the red zone when you got Pat Mahomes and everything outside of you. You can't stack the box. That even a plotter like Damian Williams, who's done nothing in his career outside vulture touchdowns, is now going to be a featured back, 15-plus touches in this system, even if he graded out as like a 
a five on the talent scale, everything else would grade so highly for this guy because Andy Reid loves passing to his running backs. Damian Williams is a great pass catcher. We saw it even in Miami last year. I, I think he's going to shoot up right into my top 15 running backs right now. Goes right below Carson, who has a great matchup against San Fran. Penny's been banged up, so I can't put him above Carson. He's just so, so much more proven. Uh, but right around that Carson Jackson, uh, Justin Jackson, assuming if he's the featured guy with Melvin Gordon and Eckler banged up. We're going to talk about that in a second. Williams slides in right around them. Top 15 running back play for me. Experts have him right around RB28. I imagine he's going to rise uh, in light of this news. But if not, then I think they're way too low. Because again, I, I don't disagree. He's not a great talent. But everything else around him is just so juicy that I, I would love to play Williams this week if I was desperate for a flex. When speaking of things around him, Tyree Kill, ESPN's Adam mm. Schefter, so you know it's right, confirms that Tyree Kill, who had been questionable due to both heel and wrist issues, will be playing Week 15 against the Chargers. It's good for me. I have him on my Roto Street Journal team. Obviously, his addition or subtraction to the Chiefs lineup is a big deal. It's big for everyone around him. Obviously, his speed opens up more running lanes for the aforementioned Damian Williams. It's great for Travis Kelsey to have less defensive attention. It's good for Connolly to get into the red zone more and potentially use that big body. And, of course, Hill himself, my wide receiver seven on the week, usually up in my top three, but banged up and facing Casey Hayward isn't the most appealing. You're still obviously now rolling uh, Tyree Kill out, who dominated Casey Hayward in week one to explode for, I think, 30-plus fantasy points. So I'm not scared. I'm still using him, even if he's less than 100%. The fact that he's out there, they wouldn't risk him this late in the season uh, with not a ton on the line right now, unless he was really just ready to go and not a huge risk to re-aggravate things. So I love Tyree Kill, as I always do. I think he dominates per usual, and you got to fire him up as your usual wide receiver one, regardless of the format. Chargers running back situation, murky, I would say, as has usually been the case like these last few weeks. Austin Eckler out with a neck issue as well as a concussion uh, protocol that he's in. Uh, he's out week 15 against the Chiefs. Melvin Gordon, due to knee issues, is questionable for Thursday's game against the aforementioned Chiefs. And then that leaves us with your guy Jackson, potentially. What do you think? How would you play this? Right. So if you own, ideally you own Gordon and you handcuffed him with Jackson, you have both guys sitting there and you can make the game time call tomorrow night whenever we figure it out. Gordon did travel with the team, so it suggests he could be ready to go. I don't imagine the, the Chargers would ever roll him out if he was a, a major risk to get hurt before their playoff run. They're not going to jeopardize that. They kind of have their seeding down. They're not going to catch the Chiefs necessarily in the, the division, and they're going to be a wild card team regardless. So they don't have a ton to necessarily play for. Why risk your stud tailback and, and put him in early unless he's pretty damn close to 100? So if he plays, you're rolling him out as a top 10, maybe even top five guy that he's been all year. He's facing the Chiefs, which give the second most running boy, running back points. And on that note, if he's out and Justin Jackson's going to monopolize touches and get 15 to 20 looks in this good offense that should see plenty of red zone chances, Jackson would be an easy uh, top 15 play. My running back 14 right now, uh, assuming that he's the lone guy. So he's a, a pretty much a shoe in the lineups if you own him. And, and now you know Eckler's out. If Gordon's out, this guy will get 15, 20 carries again against the soft of run defenses, the number two points once more against running backs. Either way, whichever one's in, you're starting. Uh, ideally, you own them both, so you have the backup plan ready for Gordon. James Conner remains sidelines at when sidelined at Wednesday's practice, which one would think would open the door for Jalen Samuels uh, at you know moonlighting as a tight end, much to some people's chagrin, uh, to have another heavy workload day. 
I know. And, oh, you poor owners that don't agree with Jalen Samuels in your tight end spot. It doesn't matter. You're going to get another workhorse back. He was featured on 46 uh, snaps as compared to eight for Steven Ridley. Yes, he got vultured, but then he was back in at the goal line stripe. So I don't think that's a consistent thing moving forward. And every time they're in there, Ridley's in. Wasn't the case. So if Samuels is the guy again, you obviously are rolling him out at your tight end if you're on Yahoo. And still probably as your RB2 or flex, even if you don't have it on ESPN or whatever other shitty format yahoo's the best so you should be using yahoo but if you don't you're still playing samuels he's got great upside facing the patriots that just got gashed on the ground by frank elephant nut score uh and kenyon drake obviously in the receiving game too i mean Jalen samuels definitely would have some upside as the featured guy and if connor's in there of course you're playing your guy your bell cow but this does seem to be a high ankle sprain if i was guessing i think he's going to be out and you're just rolling samuels again he'd be my tight end four below only kittle Ebron and Kelsey. Now with Carson Wentz, we're going to talk about. It. I would rather even have Samuels than Ertz at this point. Uh, so you, you got to roll him in there as long as he's the featured guy for sure. Ravens quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson has officially supplanted Joe Flacco. I mean, I, you kind of felt like this was coming anyway. Now Flacco yep. is back, good to go, and they're going to leave Jackson in there. What do you think? Yeah, and I think he's an absolute top 15 play this week facing Tampa Bay. I get that they've kind of tightened up on defense for whatever reason these last couple weeks. I don't buy that. I don't believe it. They've been so historically bad all year that I think it's just a couple fluke games. This game's in Baltimore, so he's got the home crowd advantage. Going to be behind him. They're running for something, too. Absolutely. Their playoff berths on the line, uh, which does make me a little nervous. If Jackson does struggle, the leash could be shorter with him. That That's the risk with Flacco coming back is he might actually get pulled at some point. So you have that shorter leash, but I don't think it's going to matter when you're facing Tampa Bay that gets destroyed against running backs, fifth most rushing yards in the league allowed, and then the passing yards they've allowed is historic, but behind only the Bengals in the league right now. So everything lines up for a good matchup for Jackson, assuming he plays okay and doesn't get the the yank that's the only risk i would imagine but they're not saying it's not like a committee situation where flacco plays some situations harbaugh came out and said the jackson's the guy he's earned it. he's gone three and one so that's what i really needed to hear it was it wasn't going to be a mix-up and you never know which guy's in for what series it's jackson's uh he's gonna have it's jackson's you know um quarterback job and an easy matchup if you need a streamer i really think he could be a, a valuable one for you Carson Wentz, Ian Rappaport reports that he is not expected to play Week 15 against the Rams. That's a big deal for the Eagles. Even though they have a shitty 6-7 and seven record, they are still in the wildcard mix. However, that is going to mean that Nick, Super Bowl MVP Foles, oh. is going to be getting the start, right? It does, and that's obviously horrible news when you're facing the Rams. Not an easy spot for anybody, uh, including Wentz. Never mind Nick fucking Foles. I get that he had that one game where God decided to bless him with everything as his might. Uh, that's not going to happen this one. Foles looked like complete shit in his week one start against a much worse Atlanta defense. Uh, obviously, you're not trusting Foles in laps, but this has implications on everyone around him. He can't get the ball to his receivers, so Alshon falls to like my wide receiver 40. We'll talk about him in more depth later. Uh, you know, Zach Ertz falls to my tight end four. If anybody's still fine, it's Ertz. Who, you know, they're 
the Rams, as good as they've been with Tlaib back against the receivers, they still have given up the fourth most points to tight end. So Ertz could be that nice little safety blanket and see him catching, you know, 10 balls, one of those crazy games. So I'm not downgrading him humongously, but still, he gets a downgrade. You weren't using Aguilar anyways. The running game sucks as is. It's going to be even worse when you have Foles under center. So this is brutal. This is tough. And they're saying Wentz might be out the rest of the season with these back spasms. So moving forward, this is tough news for the Eagles on the real field and just tough news for anyone who owns Eagles in the virtual gridiron. All right, rapid fire. Here we go. LaShawn McCoy, your boy. Hamstring (laughs) issue, not practicing Wednesday. He's horrible anyways. You wouldn't be using him whether he plays, and you're not using his backups, so this is meaningless. Isaiah Crowell remains sidelined at Wednesday's practice. Does that matter? It kind of does because Elijah Maguire out there in a lot of leagues, fresh off a 60-yard TD day, could be the featured back and not a horrible spot. I mean, Houston, good front seven. But if you're desperate for some volume, Maguire should have it for you. Dolphins cornerback. We usually don't talk cornerbacks, but we're going to right now. Xavier Howard, due to a knee issue, remains sidelined at Wednesday's practice as well. And we just saw what happened when Tom Brady faced them, shredding him for 358, three TDs. This guy was the you know, one of the defensive MVP candidates with seven an NFL leading seven interceptions on the year. So him removed from the lineup would be big news for Kirk Cousins, a real big upgrade for Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs if this guy's not playing. Allen Robinson, a guy you and I both like to dump on, uh, due to hip issues, he did not practice on Wednesday. And I mean, he's got four straight touchdowns, uh, four straight games with touchdowns. So if he's out there, you're probably playing him. Green Bay secondary isn't anything special, and they just lost King a couple two weeks ago. So ultimately, Robinson's in your lineup if he's out there. Maybe it's just a rest day because ne- there was no real. He played the whole game, so I have no idea exactly what this would be. Why this hip thing is flaring up? But if he's out there, he's probably in your lineup. Carry on Johnson remained sideline at Wednesday's practice to join the and- elite club of guys that not practicing Wednesday. <laughs> Right, and he hasn't been practicing for four straight weeks now. I don't expect them to rush this guy back. He's the future of their backfield. And before we're blunt and theoretic, we're kind of a dependable committee. Now Zach Zenner's involved. It's a three-headed nightmare. It's disgusting. The matchup's not great. You're avoiding this unless carry-on somehow plays, then maybe you throw him back out there. Otherwise, this is an avoid situation. T.Y. Hilton, ankle problems, did not practice Wednesday as well. I'm not worried. He's kind of the routine that he doesn't practice on Wednesdays. It's always a new injury, which kind of sketches me out. The matchup's tough, but even still against Dallas, Hilton's been such a monster, fresh off a 199-yard day. You're playing him regardless. All right, last but not least, Deshaun Jackson. Thumb problems. He remained sidelined at Wednesday's practice as well. So he's probably going to miss the game. Godwin stepped up and saw 10 targets last time and only caught one of them. So I don't think you're starting Godwin. Humphreys has been my man, but they're facing Baltimore, a tough secondary that's really shut down receivers and passing games in general. So even with Jackson out, that bump you usually give to Godwin and Humphreys just doesn't matter this week. All right, we're going to go higher, lower, and Hail Mary. And this is this is big. I mean, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. So these decisions, uh, these rankings really seem to matter even more. Tom Brady at Pittsburgh, you like him higher. You got him as your QB5. The experts like him at 10. That's a pretty substantial difference. Yeah, he's fresh off his best game of the year, was throwing you know, frozen ropes down the field. The Cordell Patterson touchdown was the most beautiful throw he's had all season. was unbelievable, and he just has a historic track record of going into Pittsburgh, whether it's at home, whether it's away, and he plays his best. He loves the bright lights. The stakes couldn't be higher for Tom Brady right now. They need these wins to secure that bye, and I think he comes and shows up and has a monster. Multiple touchdowns, 3-4 to four is what I'm thinking, 300-plus yards. Pittsburgh's run defense has been pretty stout all year. 
year, but they've given up tons of points to quarterbacks and wide receivers. I think Brady's the next one to walk in and dominate. And the fact that he's a QB 10 on the expert rankings makes me just think they don't recognize how good this guy is when the stakes are at their highest. I love Brady this week. Uh, the guy, the, his opposite guy in the same game, Roethlisberger, you've got him at your quarterback six. The experts have him all the way up at two. I think that's more – it's not that I hate Roethlisberger. He's my sixth quarterback. So, obviously, I think he's a starter and he's going to be in most lineups. But the number two quarterback seems ridiculous to me for a guy that's coming off a rib injury that is known to kind of tap out of games when he's they're, they're down and it's embarrassing. And, he's, and I can see this rib injury mysteriously flaring up again and missing a chunk of the game, you know, maybe a huge chunk. That's a major risk to have your guy at number two. If he's out there the whole game, uh, he still kind of shits his pants every time he faces Tom Brady. So, even if he's out out there. I don't think he's foolproof, but you add in the injury risk. I don't love Big Ben nearly as much as the experts, and that's still I still like him, so I just think there's too much risk baked into this uh, for him to be considered the number two quarterback. Hail Mary. Everyone's woke to Josh Allen, the guy you've been pumping for a while now, so you're going elsewhere. You're, you're going to a place I was not expecting you to go. I have It's to dark and scary, right? <laughs> I know. It is a dark, scary place, and the guy's name is Derek Carr. Sell me oh. on this, please. Disgusting, but hey, last two weeks, 24 and 18 fancy points, went 302 TDs last week through three TDs the week before, and now he gets the easiest matchup possible, giving up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks, the Bengals. Pathetic. Offense, uh, the, the Raiders offense in these last couple weeks, 33 and 24 points, so they've seemed to find somewhat of a groove as disgusting as Oakland is. I think Carr, if you're completely desperate for a Hail Mary, up in my top 20 quarterbacks, I mean, the Raiders are disgusting, Carr has been disgusting all year but I don't think everyone's recognizing there's some serious upside here. So at least for DraftKings, consider Derek Carr who's going to be a bottom barrel price. All right. Higher on running backs. You got Damian Williams. You're 13 spots up on him, but you think that the the news hasn't quite caught up yet to that ranking, right? right? So who you got? You like Dalvin Cook? You got him at your 8. The experts have him at 12. You also have Doug Martin at 21, who the experts have at 29. Right. So, I mean, the, the gap doesn't close on Williams. He'll be my guy. And it might not because I, people are just – I saw Roto World labeling him a fringe RB2-3. And I just think he's a lower end one because of the offense. So, I really like Williams, again, just because of what's around him. But if this does catch up and the gap closes, then yes, I love Cook. The burst is definitely back. Every time you watch him, he's popping off the tape. Looks fantastic. Has 15, 14, 16 in his last couple. And I think this is the week – obviously, those are great outputs for you. This is the week where he just blows up and gets you 25, 30. I think he's going to explode. Miami's given up 100, nearly 140 yards per game uh, on the ground. The coordinator switched this midweek. John DeFilippo getting fired. One of the guys we really hyped up coming in the season. Didn't pan out, but I think Zimmer's already saying he's made the move because he really wants a run-heavier guy. He thought that, that DeFilippo got too cute and didn't feature his, his backs enough. So I think Cook gets more work. He's already averaging close to 17 touches per game. I think he top, tops 20 touches touches for the first time this year, rips up about 150-ish yards, touchdown. I think it's just a blow-up game, and he's getting ranked as more of a fringe RB1. I think he's a locked and loaded, whereas Doug Martin also facing the pathetic Cincinnati team we just raved about for Carr's matchup. They're even worse against the run, giving up a league worse, 148 uh, yards on the ground. And meanwhile, Martin himself scored in three straight weeks. I think he finds the end zone yet again and has an even better yardage total, especially if they do get up early on them and they're bleeding the clock out with Martin, he could have a monster effort. So he's clearly locked into an RB2 spot, in my opinion, whereas he's a fringe flex, according to the experts. Sony Michelle, since he's been back from injury, he's basically hit on one out of four games. You got him at 25. The experts have him at 17. 
Right, exactly. 321, 7.5, 5.7 fantasy points in those aforementioned four games. And the last two especially are concerning because he's gotten 17 and 20 carries over that span, yet only giving you single-digit fantasy outputs. That's not good. And the main culprit, kind of the face of our podcast right here, the fantasy yep. fullback dive. James Devlin has been a vulture of epic proportions. He's beastly at the, at the short yardage goal line. He's got, I think, five or six carries in those last three weeks, and four of them have gone for touchdowns. So Sony has that massive thorn in his side to deal with. Pittsburgh, meanwhile, has given up the seven fewest points to running backs, so he wasn't getting it done against easier teams. I don't think Sony suddenly turns it on. This is going to be the Tom show on Sunday, and I think Sony's the one that takes the biggest hit here. Hail Marys, you like both Edo Smith and Kenneth Dixon. You got Edo 26th, and the experts only like him at 37. You got Dixon and not that big of a difference, 29, the experts like him at 34. Right, and Ito in particular, we talked about him on Monday. He was only 20-ish percent owned. Now he's up to 32, but he's still only 6% started, and I really think he should be in a lot of flexes this week. Uh, he's out-snapped and out-touched uh, Tevin Coleman back-to-back straight weeks, and, th- and now he gets the easiest matchup he's had in so long against Arizona, giving him the third most fancy points to running backs. They're just routinely bludgeoned on the ground, and I think Ito Smith, who's had some really impressive runs and just hasn't seen heavy volume, the touch total is really tilting to his favor and I think this is where he gets his heaviest workload against the weakest possible team and has a good game uh, on the bend of that and then Dixon obviously we talked about him on Monday as well he was only 8% owned now up to 22% owned but still 2% started and another guy that could be in your flexes this week uh, despite Gus Edwards out touching him 16-9 to last week John Harbaugh came out and said his role is going to grow moving forward in terms of Dixon and this is just a a more type of team Tampa Bay they might have to throw a bit because this could become a, a game they get behind early and Dixon offers much more as a pass catcher he's always been a Harbo guy so I think Dixon tops that nine touches the last week gets more in the 12 to 15 range and against Tampa Bay the fifth most points to running backs 15 touches especially when they come in the red zone could be huge wide receivers Dante Pettis you're higher on this guy he's your higher of the week man he's come out of nowhere kind of huh uh you got him going against Seattle he's your wide receiver 24 the experts only like him at 35 and, I mean, what's not to love? He torched these same Seahawks for 129 and two scores just a couple weeks ago, 27 fancy points. It makes me a little more nervous because now they obviously have the film on him. They're not going to say, let's let this guy beat us two times in a row. They might be selling out to stop him. But still, I just really like Pettis. He's great after the catch. He has four TDs in three weeks. He's clearly Mullen's top wide receiver. Obviously, Kittle, the number one target there. But Pettis not far behind. And Seahawks have really struggled with those kind of shifty, speedy, short receivers. Brennan Cooks had 21, Sanders had 24, Keenan Allen had 18, Pettis himself 27. So I think, again, Pettis finds some daylight and makes the most of those run-after-the-catch abilities. Alshon Jeffrey, you are low, low, low on him for a lot of obvious reasons. We talked about Wentz being out, Foles being in. It's not like Jeffrey was killing it before that. I mean, he had flashes of brilliance, but whatever. You got him at 37. The experts like him higher. 27 seems ridiculous to me to put him up there. I know the matchup's brutal with a Talib now back into that Rams defense. They've been just stifling teams past games whenever he's on the field and they're fully healthy. And as you mentioned, Jeffrey has just not been that good. Five straight games under seven fantasy points before last week where he had that touchdown, 14-point day. But ever since Tate's gotten there, he's been a real bust every single week. And now I think they see that touchdown and like, okay, he's back. Alshon's going to get it going again. I don't buy it at all, especially now with Foles under center. Alshon wouldn't be touching my lineup 
Champs with the semis a uh, championship berth on the line. You cannot trust this guy or really any uh, receivers for the Eagles of that matter. All right, let's talk about your Hail Mary, Deshaun Hamilton. He actually came up last episode. And, uh, you know, this is the new slot slut that you were referring to. Sanders mm-hmm. actually out. Sutton, we didn't like what he did. And so this guy's actually inside your top 30, 19 spots above the experts. And you think he's a solid flex option. Yeah, and he's still only 17% owned despite us telling him to stash him before last week, despite him coming in and getting nine targets, hauling in seven of them for 47 and a TD, a solid PPR day for anyone in those style leagues. This guy blew up, and and we've talked about how Case Keenum, you mentioned slot slut, <laughs> absolutely loves relentlessly peppering them. Adam Thielen led the league with 25% slot target share last year. Third downs, he was the chain mover, getting 32% of their third down looks. Uh, so he's a historic historically love peppering it. We saw what Sanders was doing. The number 12 fantasy receiver before going down was blowing up. I get it. Hamilton's not Sanders. He's not as talented. He doesn't have as much speed, but he brings some nice size at 6-1, runs some pristine, you know, consistent routes. You can know where he's going to be. He tracks the ball well downfield, and he just kind of turns it on, according to the scouting report, on third downs and near the red zone, which is where Keenum's going to you know, rely on this guy. So while other people are still, for whatever reason, talking about Sutton, you got to be going after the true number number one target there and that's Deshaun Hamilton it's not a tough matchup against Cleveland and then Oakland to close out the year I absolutely love him he's inside my top 30 I'm 19 spots higher than the expert I think he's a very viable flex especially if you get reception points tight ends it's a little muddled you don't necessarily have one guy you're hired on uh you know like you did at the other positions why not it's one of those weeks where I actually kind of like the tight ends. I mean, you got Jared Cook, who's fresh off a couple back-to-back 100-yard games, and now he gets Cincinnati, so you love that matchup. Obviously, Jalen Samuels is a featured running back at your tight end spot. Gronk looks fully healthy, finally moving well again. Ertz is Ertz, even with Foles, should be all right. And, of course, Kelsey and Ebron. You know, That's seven tight ends right there that I like, so it's tough for me to say I'm lower on any of them or higher on any of them. They're all great. So let me talk about Braid, a guy I'm getting a lot of questions about uh they're facing baltimore so a lot of people are scared of him but i love him he's my tight end eight right after those top seven leads off the next tier i think he's a great bet to find the end zone they're giving up the eighth most points to tight ends baltimore shuts down every position very well other than the tight end so you, you got to know they're going to game plan for that he's fresh off a two td week against a new orleans team that was giving up the fewest points to tight ends so as long as they get in the red zone just a little bit which will be tough against a brutal baltimore defense especially if woodson has the overdue implosion that he's that's got to be coming for him at some point i still think Brait finds the end zone at least once and as a tight end you can trust this week all right let's talk about who you're lower on cj uzuma it seems like he's never really popped this year there's talk about him you know when tyler eifert went out and everybody kind of wanted to get on that bandwagon i mean he's done a little but not much seems like he's always there on the waiver wires to pick up if you're desperate um, you got him as 14. The experts like him at 11. That's not much of a difference. No, but 11's t- telling me he's a starter in most leagues, which blows my mind. He has literally done not a single thing worth starting. He's never had double-digit fantasy points on the year. He's been under 50 yards in every game, but one in that game was like 54 yards. So he's been absolutely pathetic. I get that Oakland's bad and they're on deck, but you got Jeff Driscoll at quarterback. He peppered this guy for 12 targets just two weeks ago. And what did Uzuma get you? 39 fucking yards absolutely pathetic he's useless don't let this high ranking fool you because he's probably sitting there in your waiver wires there's definitely better options out there we're about to talk about one of them don't get tricked into uzuma this week hail mary ian thomas playing against the saints you got him at nine the experts only have him at 16 i'm assuming that's the guy you're talking about 
Absolutely. Target vacuum. He's still out there in 70% of leagues. He's at one of the hottest pickups of the week, but you can still find him. He's been a monster since Olsen went down. And less than a full game, saw five immediate targets when Olsen went down that game. And then the next game follows that up with 11 targets, snagging nine for 77. Freak athlete, big body that can move, dangerous in the red zone. I get that the Saints are tough against tight ends. I just mentioned giving up the fewest points to him, but they just surrendered two TDs to Brait. I think this game, as bad as Cam Newton's looked, they'll move it they'll get into the red zone i think thomas has at least a, a solid shot at an end zone and with newton's shoulder so banged up he's been just dink dunking down the field and that's where ian thomas it comes in most so i think he's going to dominate the short game have at least five catches against the saints and one of them should be a score it's time to hit the mailbag it's another big one we've had a Huge. lot of you know i was expecting the mailbag submissions to go down after i don't know week 10 or something it seems to be like when listenership drops off a little bit the website doesn't do as well after a certain week although it has been much less so this year we've we've Absolutely. continued to get good traffic and decent uh downloads even deep into the season the mailbag has actually if anything gotten fuller and also mm-hmm. the the comments and questions you're getting on your Facebook live show also more and more as they come which is pretty Absolutely. pretty encouraging uh, That's the amazing. people that are still in are really still in so let's talk mailbag Stephen Philipiak hey bro is Damian Williams worth picking up and playing over David Johnson uh, it's damn close because of how much I love that offense. But David Johnson gets that juicy matchup against Atlanta. I know he's kind of failed to deliver in two back-to-back juicy matchups, but they give up so many receptions to running backs. You got to imagine Byron Leftwich finally peppers this guy with targets. I we've been be waiting playing. all year though. He's I had like know. one really big game. I traded I for the guy, and he had one huge game after that. And so we keep being like, "Well, of course they're going to pepper him with targets. Where are the targets?" Where are bad. they? I get it, but Damien Williams, it's just the town is not enough to I agree justify with you. I matching don't disagree David Johnson. With you on this. I'm but more it's like, just it's, ranting because it's like, what the hell's going on with this guy? It is worth knowing. I mean, they are worth two to three spots. Like They're that close yeah, in my rankings. Close. That's Damien That's Williams crazy. and David Johnson, which is nuts to even think. But I'm going to go David Johnson. I'm going to ride that horse All in right. the sense. All right, Michael Evans, he needs two. And he's playing standard scoring, by the way. Michael, what the fuck is your problem? But thank you for writing in. Uh, Adam Humphreys, Curtis Samuel, Dante Pettis, DJ Moore, Mike Williams needs two of them. Standard scoring. I think I'm locking in Pettis. Obviously, we talked about all the reasons why we love him this week. And then I'm picking one of those receivers for the Panthers. I don't know which one I'm higher on, to be honest. I don't know who Lattimore is going to kind of move with. That's the guy I'm obviously going to be much lower on. To me, I think it's going to be Samuel who who breaks free of Lattimore, kind of move more into the slot and sees your PJ Williams or Eli Apple. I like Samuel. I think I'm going to go him. He's back to, uh, he's got four straight gains of double digits, kind of become a safer option over DJ Moore, who has the higher ceiling, who's had some crazy blowups and flashes more natural talent, but it's Samuel who's kind of getting it done more right now. So I go Pettis and I go Samuel here. Here's an interesting one. Michael Evans also wants to know Derek Henry or Sony Michelle standard scoring. I already talked about Sony Michelle being the guy I'm lower on yeah. and Henry. How do you not ride that hot hand? I get he's I mean, not going to go. I don't know. Maybe because like he's been terrible like every game yeah. of his career except that one. I, I know. He has these huge blowups and then is, he always disappears right after. But it's the Giants. They're without Snacks Harrison. They've been kind of beat up on the ground. And I think you just ride the hot hand. Vrabel coming off the – you know, he's he's a guy that's going to – if it's not broke, don't fix it. He saw what he needed in my opinion. Henry's going to be a good bet for another score. Whereas Michelle getting vultured. I, I'll ride that touchdown upside of Henry 
even when he wasn't blown up for 250 yards, he has found the end zone in three out of four games before that. So at least you're getting a better shot at a touchdown. And if he gets those carries once more, you could have another 100-yard TD day. To me, it's Henry, and it's not even close. I agree with your take. I think maybe it's a little closer than you're giving it credit for. I think it's an interesting question. Danger, close. Got to sit Spencer Ware in the flex spot. Non-PPR, uh, Allen Robinson, Deion Lewis, or Deshaun Hamilton. What do you think? As much as I like Hamilton, non-PPR is a little bit riskier. As long as Robinson's out there, that four-game TD streak, I think you keep riding that, especially considering the scoring. So to me, it's Robinson. And if he's not out there, you go to Hamilton. By the way, Danger, I see what you did there. Non-PPR is just a fancy way of saying standard. Yeah, you uh, did. Hav Martinez. The other three teams left have Kelsey Ertz and Ebron starting at tight end. Meanwhile, I'm stuck trying to choose between Brayt Burton or someone off waivers like Ian Thomas or Anthony Fersker. What you Who think? The fuck is that? I know it's going to be like how bad he is on waivers. I've literally never heard of him before. Uh, what do you think? Thanks in advance. And one, I just think the let's just of that give it. Let's just I, you know what? Just go all in on Fersker. Right. Pick, exactly. Pick him up. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, it, this is the first time I've ever gotten a question and don't know who he's talking no, about. No, I like, mean, I, seriously. I know more than I think the 90% of people uh, in terms of fantasy guys. I don't know who the fuck I'm going to say. I, I mean, I also know more than most people, and I'm not going to say it's never happened. I think maybe it's happened three times. This maybe is like the third time it's ever happened that I have literally right. no idea who he's talking about. This could be a plan to, to try to get I, us I, to go for it. Really, like, that you know, I'm I'm gonna call bullshit on this. I don't think he's a professional football player. <laughs> I know he's like a plumber down the street. Ferksker and Son Plumbing Company is what that sounds right, like. We're gonna say go for it. And next thing you know, there's gonna be a headline: uh, Roto Street Journal endorse, endorses Ferksker exposed as frauds. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, but nice first, try, I mean, buddy. The one thing I do want to highlight before I answer your question, Hav, is Kelsey Ertz, Ebron are the other three teams in the playoffs. It goes to show you how enormous of an edge point. it was great to point. have that tight end, that stability all year, because those three have been absolute workhorses at the tight end position, in particular Ebron, because you got him in like a, the 15th round, maybe off the waiver wires. So those three are just MVPs and it goes to show as you prepare for 2019, getting that consistent points out of such an inconsistent position is clearly a massive edge gainer. This is just an anecdotal, uh, unbelievable evidence point for that. In terms of your battle, it's Bray. The guy I already talked about who I'm higher on. The Ravens give the eighth most points to tight ends. Good bet to find the end zone. He's Winston's boy ever since Winston took over. He's got three touchdowns in those three games. I, I like Bray. I think he's going to be the top option here. Likewise, I agree with with that Bray assessment. Dan Rodriguez, non-PPR. What is with all these standard questions we're getting? What is uh-huh. going on here? Non-PPR, assuming both Melvin and Spencer Ware are out, rank the following. Damian Williams, Justin Jackson, Chris Carson. Put them in order, Wolf. I think they're in exact order right there. It's tricky, though. It's literally... I like those that are my, Carson like, matchup, though. I love the car. I, I don't know. Maybe... I, these are literally my 14, 15, and 16 running oh, wow. backs. All so, right. I mean, so we're... It's brutal. Right. It's, it's interchangeable. All, but, but you got to take... I mean, ultimately... Right. You got to pick, ultimately, right. It's type, type of fucking cop-out. So, um, <laughs> no shit, right? man, that's brutal. If Melvin's right. out, everybody's out. I roll Jackson. The number two uh, points to running backs is what the, the Chiefs give up. So I would roll him. Then I'd go Carson. Then I'd go Damian Williams in that order. All right, good call. Antonio Mendoza, loyal listener, uh, regular question submitter. Gus yep. or Dixon, half-point PPR? That's brutal. I still lean Dick, uh, Gus. 
despite all the reports, Dixon's going to get his workload upped. Uh, Gus was the guy that got 16 touches to Dixon's nine. I think he's still the heavy favorite for carries early. If they get up big early, they're going to steamroll and run out the clock with Gus. I think he's just a good bet for the end zone to Tampa Bay, giving up the fifth most points to running backs. I like the bus, even with Dixon, uh, becoming a bigger thorn in his side. But that backfield might become one to avoid if this becomes a near-even split. For now, ride the bus, though. Jay Mars, standard scoring once again. Yeah. What's going on, man? Elijah McGuire, Deion Lewis, or Adrian Peterson? I'm going to go assuming Crowell sits, McGuire, uh, fresh off a 60 TD day. I hate Adrian Peterson, Deion Lewis, just way too inconsistent, especially with Henry rumbling the way he is. McGuire's the, the highest ceiling as long as Crowell's out. All right, Dante Pettis, Chris Godwin, Larry Fitz, same guy, same crappy scoring system. Who do you got? Dante Pettis, especially with Standard, when you got four touchdowns in three weeks and you're facing the Seattle team that you destroyed a couple weeks earlier, you go with Pettis. All right, Mars, now he's in a PPR league. That's a little better. Curtis Samuel, Larry Fitzgerald, Golden Tate. I'm going to lean Curtis Samuel here facing a New Orleans defense, giving up the most points to wide receivers, hoping he just gets away from Lattimore. I'll tell you this, though. If you want just a steaming pile of dog shit, you should probably start Golden Tate. Yeah, that'd be horrible. Right. Go for it. I mean, why would you even put him on any sort of like question there? I would. I'll tell you who I would start over him: Anthony Kersker. Yeah, Kersker. Uh, I don't even remember the name at this point because I've Furby. never heard of him like, before. <laughs> the gentleman that was referenced earlier, uh, Jordan T. Facebook question: Lamar Jackson, Philip Rivers. I'm going to go ribs for sure. Yeah. It's not even close to me. me uh, potential shootout trying to play catch up with Pat Mahomes all day. He had a huge day against Kansas City to start the year, and I think he has another big one today. Brandon Yoder, another Facebook question. Corey Davis, Philip Lindsay, Shady, if he plays, no. Uh, Chris Carson, Deshaun Hamilton. I'm assuming he wants one guy. If he wants one, it's Philip Lindsay. It's not even close. I get that he was off like one of his worst games in the last few weeks, but Lindsay's been an RB one horse all year. These guys aren't even close. And if you need a second, Chris Carson against Sam Fran would two. be the, the clear number two as well. Yeah. Dan Dwyer, Facebook question: Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott. Isn't it crazy that we're someone's asking this question? I mean, like you know, we're in week fifteen or something like that. I, you wouldn't think anybody at the beginning of the year would have been asking, "Do I start Aaron Rodgers over X Y Z? Whatever." Right, and Rodgers gets Chicago, so I can see why this is a question after they held Goff to negative fantasy points. I saw a guy sent me in a picture where he lost by, I think, five or six, and he had Goff at quarterback. So you're like, you're assuming you're getting the win, because even on your worst day, a quarterback's getting you like seven points. You get some negative. How painful. I feel bad for that one. Pats fan, 51. Uh, but oh, I'm probably going to go Dak off a career high, 455, and Cooper and him are just rolling Rodgers has just been nothing special all year, even with McCarthy gone. He didn't have that, like, revenge game tour I I expected. He's got that tough matchup with the Bears. Give me Dak in this one. All right, Adam Jackson, Facebook and standard scoring. Nick Chubb versus Joe Mixon versus Derrick Henry versus Sony Michelle. I'm assuming he wants one guy. To me, this is Chubb. Yeah, Chubb's earned that locked in. Mixon's really close behind. Uh, Oakland's D is obviously god awful. So I mean, Chubb versus Mixon. Who do the Who do the Browns face? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Uh, fuck. Who do the Browns have this week? It's Denver, who don't, doesn't have a great defense, uh, and they've they've given up some huge games to running backs. Mm. Chubb Mixon's tough, but I'm going to go Chubb. He's really earned that locked in status. Just a complete end zone monster and freddie kitchens has chefed up some unbelievable usage for him so let's go nick chubb there. there's a question for you right now obviously a lot can change before next season but obviously you know i'm in a two keeper league uh deandre hopkins is gonna be one of my keepers 
I got DJ. I also got Nick Chubb. Who would you think about keeping? And you don't do anything where you like only give up the round you picked him, right? Because then obviously no, Chubb. No, 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 no. No, it's just you keep two. I would say uh, that that's going to be neck and neck, that's depending tough, on right? obviously what what moves they make. Who's the new head coach in Cleveland? Does you know Arizona upgrade that a whole entire offense in that line? Obviously, a lot to be answered. But if you're telling me today, who right. would I rather have? It's you'd definitely take, Nick Chubb. You would for take next Chubb, year. right? Today? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I mean, I got him off yeah. waivers. That's nuts. Jimbo Slice. Roto Street Journal mainstay, full PPR, Cameron Braid or Ian Thomas? My eight and nine tight ends, so as close as can be, but I'm going to go Braid, the better bet for a touchdown this week. All right, he wants two of these guys, full PPR, Pettis, Samuel, McGuire. Probably taking McGuire out of that uh, situation, especially with the PPR setting. All right, Mackenzie Crawford wants needs to start two of these guys, half point PPR, Jalen Samuel, Sony Michelle, Derek Henry, Gus the Bus. Need two of them. I'm going to go Samuels and Henry here. Samuels, assuming Connor's out, of course. And then Henry, we already raved about the fact that Snacks Harrison's out. He's fresh off one of the best games of a running back ever. So uh, you're riding that hot hand. I think he's a good bet to find the end zone, even if it's only like 80 yards this week. I like Samuels and Henry there. All right, Sean Cantlin wants to know, what defense are you favoring? And here's three choices. Lions at the Bills, Seahawks at the Niners, Falcons versus the Cardinals. Three of my favorite streamers uh, and widely available coming into the week. For this one, it, all three of the matchups are great, so I'll side with the defensive talent and go with the Seahawks. I think they're just better overall defense. Then I would say the Bills, if the Seahawks have, have been picked up since then, uh, and then Falcons just as the worst unit. Even if the Cardinals are the best possible matchup, I just the Falcons, I would never trust them. And I will just quickly plug that I've seen the Ravens dropped a lot because they were facing Kansas City last week, and I think this is where Jameis Winston kind of craps his pants. You get three pick sixes because this D-line just demolishes the pathetic offensive line of the Bucks. So if the, the Ravens are somehow out there, you got to go and get them. All right, Tony wants to know, David Nyoku or Ian Thomas? Nyoku has been terrible, but Denver does stink against tight ends. Ah, man. This is one of those ones where Thomas somehow... Even though he's just emerged as a creature, it has the higher floor. He's number nine in my rankings, whereas Njoku's number 10. But the ceiling's undoubtedly higher with David Njoku. So I know that's one of those classic like cop-out answers. Do you need a ceiling? Are you the favorite? But ultimately, uh, man, I would probably give Njoku one last chance, hope for a touchdown, because Denver just gave that 210-yard day to George Kittle. And they clearly were impacted on defense by losing Chris Harris. Not that Harris would have been on him, but the whole you know, coverage shifted and really opened up the seams. So I think Njoku is a good bet to find the end zone this weekend. All right. Uh, Stephen G., Probably not Stephen Guskowski, but a different Jeez, Stephen G. We have like G. 18 more questions. This is fucking ridiculous. No, I told you. This is a huge mailbag. You guys are killing huge me Huge mailbag. I love Should it. I start Cam or Field? The Field, I guess that is. And the Field consists of Jameis, Dak, Mitch Trubisky, Allen, or Lamar uh, Jackson. I still go Cam. I know he was horrible and pathetic, but against the Saints, they're going to need their points. And the Saints defense has gotten better, but still nothing too scary. All right, and then who should he flex? Doug Martin, Coleman, Conley, Samuels, or Derrick Henry? I would oh, – it comes down to Henry or Samuels for me. Did it say what's the scoring here? No. Uh, if, if it's mm, – that's tricky. I think I'm leaning mm, – 
I think I'm leaning Henry. I just think Henry's going to come wow. back and do it. Not, not Dude, obviously. I mean, it, it is. So, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you, but you know, don't think he couldn't have seven carries for 13 yards. Of course, be, he because could. he I, certainly I, could. The Samuels is clearly the higher floor play. You know, you're getting 12 to 15. So again, one of those situations. What do you need? Are you the favorite by 20 or so, and you just want the share points? Then go Samuels. I get it because yeah, like you said, Henry could just bust all over your face and be a complete dick. But to, to me, I, I just don't see that happening. I have fresh off his hottest game. I think he gets another 15, 20 carries and does some damage with him. All right. Al Fat Stats wants to know, Carrion Johnson, Deshaun Hamilton, Kenneth Dixon, Didi Westbrook, Kiki Cutie. He needs two. That's not a great selection there. That's a pretty shitty selection. Carrion likely out if he plays. Yeah, Carrion's not going to play. my favorite talent there, but I don't think he's playing. So I go Hamilton, our, our you know wide receiver Hail Mary of the week. I would love to put him in there out of these options. And then I go Dixon uh, against Tampa Bay. Found the end zone last week. Should have at least one shot at it this week as the, the workload gets upped according to John Harbaugh. So give me Dixon and Hamilton there. All right. Hambone. Julio, Hilton, and Cooper. He needs to sit one. I'd say be Hilton, maybe. He hadn't been practicing. Yeah, that's a fucking tough question, though. Three great receivers. I'd actually probably... Also, it's standard, Cooper. by the way. Yeah, of course it's standard. To me, I'm actually leaning Cooper. Uh, Indy's given up the 28th uh, most points to wide receivers, so the fourth fewest in other terms. And Cooper, yes, he's obviously found way more consistency, way higher ceilings since going to Dallas, but he still had a couple single-point duds in these last you – know, four out of his six have been solid double-digit points, but he still had two disappearing acts, so it's not like he's been bulletproof either, whereas Hilton and Julio have been much more consistent all year. Uh, that's fucking tough, though. I think I'm going Julio and Hilton. Then he asks, would you bench either of those guys for Ebron in a TD bonus league? So he gets a six-point bonus because he starts Andrew Luck. If he connects with Ebron. If he gets Hilton, a pig, ro- pig roast? Yeah, the pig roast is, is rewarded for a pig roast. So I actually like Ebron in that situation. Uh, uh, me too. Go, if you're gonna buy, that seems, that, by the way, that's ridiculous. I mean, a pig roast is, is already a bonus. Right, exactly. You're just kind of having a third guy come in from out of the closet and just slap him in the face a couple times. No, dangling no, his balls in his face. Right, exactly. No need for that. But in that case, I probably lean Julio and Ebron, to be honest, in those scoring settings, uh, which is crazy. What a crazy question. But I'm going to go Julio, Ebron. I mean, there. Eric Ebron was a walking joke for five years. I mean, what the hell is going on? And now he's leading the league in tight yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, now we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. You should totally start him over like an elite wide receiver. Sean <laughs> Cantlin. Man, this week is nuts. Melvin, Ware, and Connor injuries. Currently have all three in my big money league. That sucks. And only have two good receivers, so I'm starting. I'm always starting three running backs. Also, I have Damian Williams and James White. The question is, is it worth risking benching Damian Williams tomorrow in hopes Connor will play Sunday with James White as a backup hedge in case that doesn't happen? Or play Williams tomorrow with the possibility he seamlessly fills that hunt where void and has a big game. Oh, this guy's doing a lot of thinking. I mean, like, which is good. I mean, he's clearly a serious fantasy player. Yeah. Me and this guy have been having great back and forth uh, all year. He's an awesome, you know, always thankful, at seeking out advice. I, I love Sean. He's been fantastic. So great question, Sean. I love the, the thought you're putting into this. To me, I'm playing Williams. Uh, you're looking at this. I mean, Melvin Gordon's status will obviously have something to do with this. But you bench Williams, and if he, if 
Melvin doesn't play, and then suddenly Connor doesn't play. You're left with, uh, I mean, who else is in there? He's, I think he has Christian McCaffrey as his other guy, his locked-in number one. But Williams a good play. I'd much rather have Williams in my lineup than James White this week. Uh, the, the workhorse volume in that explosive attack is very vol- uh, valuable, in my opinion. So to me, I would roll out McCaffrey. If Melvin plays, you roll him out. And then, yeah, I would put Williams in. I don't think Connor's playing. I mean, if he does, that would suck, and I'd feel bad for recommending Williams. But if Connor plays, obviously still a risk to re-aggravate that high sprain. And if it is a high ankle sprain, he's probably not going to be out there anyways. So I, I put Williams in my lineup, and I, that's just because I like him a lot this week. All right, last one. Can you believe it? We're at the end of this mailbag. Jo- oh, the never-ending mailbag. And I love Josh Ray, too, so we're ending with a, a true wolf. All right, Josh Ray. Do you trust Melvin Gordon tomorrow? Semifinals, man. It's got me rattled. I got CMC, uh, I got Chubb, and I got Cohen as well. So what this is really coming down to is, I mean, he's playing oh, CMC and Chubb. So is it, do you play Cohen even if Gordon's active is kind of what he's That's asking. Good question. Which is a great question. And I asked him my, my follow-up and I got the answer. So we can talk about this is, are you the favorite? What's your, your points? With that? He's a 20-point favorite. So that does play in because Gordon, obviously, even if he plays, is far riskier if he gets – re-aggravates things. The ceiling's obviously as high as can be. We are facing the Chiefs. They're giving up the second most points to running backs. And if he's playing, you imagine he's getting a, a Melvin Gordon-style treatment. So uh, – if Gordon plays, I don't fucking sit him. It's Melvin Gordon. He's gotten you there. And if you go down with that ship, then fuck, it sucks. But you're going down with the guy that's carried you anyways. So to me, I'm going Melvin Gordon. But that is tough because Cohen's just like a locked-in 10 with a high ceiling himself. Oh, fuck. Like I'm Now I'm backtracking because I'm like you're a 20-point favorite and you don't want to risk that, that zero-point dud if he gets hurt right away like A.J. Green did a couple weeks ago. Oh, uh, God. Now now I don't know. What, what do you think? This is fucking hard. I would probably play Cohen. You think just go with the safe points? You're the favorite. Take it anyways. I mean, I don't you know, know look, you could, you could get burned. You could get burned. But, I mean, I, if I'm a big favorite, and, I mean, look, Cohen's a good option. Not bad. No, I, mean, I know. Like, I mean, he's what, a top 15 guy probably, something like Absolutely. that? Absolutely. He's my running back 12, I think, on the Yeah, week. I mean, I, I'd probably start Cohen. I'd probably start Cohen uh, and then just hope you don't get screwed. But, I mean, you know, I, I could be wrong. It'd be, it'd be really hard for me if Melvin Gordon's playing in such a juicy matchup. It would be impossible for me to get him. I guess, me, okay, I guess if they're playing Gordon, I guess I'd probably play Gordon. I guess I guess really what I'm saying is I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't play Gordon. And if he doesn't, you got a good fallback, right? Yeah, exactly. okay. I think I'm But if you. Gordon's in there, I'm putting him in. Okay, I think I actually agree. All right, that's going to do it. That's going to do it. That's biggest mailbag of the year. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. We, like it. we appreciate you helping us fill the time. Um, anything you want to pump before we leave, Wolf? For sure. Of course, if you liked what you heard, this is the Fantasy Fullback Dive, paving your path to the title. Only two more weeks to let us do that for you. But then, of course, we're going to be bringing it in the off season. We don't really rest at all. We kind of pride Not ourselves on giving you more more content than any podcast out there for fantasy football knowledge. So stick with us. Subscribe. We're going to keep pumping that pile uh, all offseason, but especially these next two weeks to get you those titles. So hit it. Let us know your reviews. Let us know what your thoughts are of the show. We read every single one, and it really means a lot to us to hear your words, kind or not. We love it all. Uh, And then, of course, me personally, at Roto Street Wolf, Twitter and Snapchat. 
taking any and all questions. It's week 15, and I know you need any help you can get. So I'd love to offer any opinions you want, any second glances at lineups. Let me see them. And then you can find our main page, Roto Street Journal, on Facebook, Instagram, especially on Facebook. Getting a great interaction from all Wolves, just commenting on all the posts, helping each other out, which is what I love to see. Sonny Ray's commenting, Wolfpack, let me know, getting three, four responses from people about his sit-start dilemma. That's what we want to build. That's what we're trying to foster here. So get in on Facebook. That's where we're, we're most active. That's where we have our sit-start show on Sunday, the Fantasy Tailgate, where we answer every single question. Almost had 100 questions last week. Would love to get that barrier down uh, for week 15. So hit us up there. Watch the show. And then, of course, Instagram. We're pumping out post after post. The story is great. CJ does a fantastic job. So find us on everywhere. Hit us up. Let us know your questions. Let's get that week 15 win and get you to the championship, baby. All right. My name is Nat The Truth Jones. And I'm the Wolf. Best, best, best of luck. Let's get it, Wolf Pack. Let's get this title. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. At least we stole the show. At least we stole the show. We stole the show. At least we stole the show. Straight ahead. Devlin. Second down. Third down. Touchdown. Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old fashioned football right there, folks.